when the review embargo for Grand Theft Auto Five lifted, <laughs> yeah, within within thirty minutes, I went into my bathroom, sat on the toilet with my pants up, just sat on the toilet, put my head in my hands, and went, Jesus Christ! And then I left the bathroom. <laughs> Um, that is to say, by the time this podcast is out, the review embargo for Red Dead Redemption Two will be up, and 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 people will be having multiple death threats, probably. And things are gonna suck. <laughs> no, 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 no. J- Jim's gonna be having a great day because I am sure that he, uh, even though he doesn't do scores really anymore, he's given it a one hundred out of one hundred, and no one will be critical of him. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. One hundred out of one hundred work hours a week. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I have thrown a bit of shade about that into the video. Um, I've got criticisms about Red Dead, and that's an issue because if the last time a big Rockstar game came out and the reviews lifted is anything to go by, anything less than 100% praise without any criticism will get you attacked and harassed and they will try and fire you. They'll try and make me fire myself. (laughs) Oh no. (sighs) I've said this before, but Rockstar games have this weird plinth or pedestal. Like GTA 4, as far as I know, has a 98 on Metacritic. And that game is Blood out the ass. Yeah. Especially like if you go back and play that game now, there's so much stuff in it that makes certain sections nigh on unplayable. Rockstar games are deeply flawed, always. Um, but they get a pass because they do so many technically impressive things. And that's fine. But if you dare to point out any of the flaws at the time, you're allowed to do it years later. Ain't no one going to be mad. For anyone saying there are unplayable parts of GTA 4. Yeah. Um, but GTA 5, I think once Red Dead's out, you'll be able to say those helicopter missions fucking suck. Hour-long missions with no checkpoint in which your mission can be ended because your friendly NPC ran out onto the street. Yeah, yeah. They they date poorly. They do date poorly. Now, to be fair, GTA 5, I felt, was... Uh, they fixed almost every problem I had with Rockstar games in that game. Not including the multiplayer, I should add. Because <laughs> that's just horrendous. Yeah. I started uh, playing it again last night, GTA Five. GTA Five still holds up. After playing Red Dead Redemption 2, I realised how much I missed cars, <laughs> as opposed to horses. Oh, come here. After 100 hours playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey in the last... Uh, month i really can't wait to drive a car (laughs) (laughs) at least at least the horse in that doesn't have to come to you in real time when you summon it oh dear like here's the thing by the way welcome to podquisition i'm jim sterling hello laura hello i'm here i'm excited to hear about the horse balls (laughs) i'm also a little ill so apologies for the croaks (laughs) i hear you i like i've i think allergies have flared up for me hello gavin (laughs) hi We'll croak in in um in your honor with you. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm probably gonna be stifling sneezes the whole time. We'll talk in vocal fry. We can be like the Kardashians. Oh my god. Um, yeah. I can't believe they put horse balls into the video game. Oh, that's so gross. That's a you should yeah speak <laughs> like that the whole time. That I find that actually quite soothing. Um, Kanye, it's, it, I like I like that croaky voice. I I like it. <laughs> Um, but anyway, where was I? Right, yes. 
There's a difference between immersion and, oh my fucking god, just get to the point. But Jim, Jim, more realistic is always better in video games. It's not. That's that's why when I order an item in a video game, I would like it to take three to five real world days for me to be able to use it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's nothing quite that egregious, but Rockstar, I don't think they, it's... I said this in the the video that will be up uh, will have been up by now. There's a there's attention to detail and there's obsession with detail. And I think Rockstar have gotten like a complex about everything has to be as realistic as possible. So I don't think a horse needs to have a maximum whistling range. And if it's out of range, you're fucking walking. Especially in a game which inherently has very unrealistic uh, gameplay mechanics, like shooting and. Well, I mean, we get to this. Like, in order to change your costume or use certain items, your horse has to be moving at an incredibly slow pace. You might as well just stop the horse. If it's moving too fast, you can't change your clothes. But when you change your clothes, you instantly go from the costume you were wearing to the new one you've selected. Instantly. At that point, you don't have to worry about it not being realistic that the horse is moving. I do have one thought about this which is is this somewhat a problem that rockstars walked into because of the fact that like because of the fact that their games have for a while now been most notable for their hyper fixation on detail and the fact that it's such a big detailed world with so many things happening and all the thing all the details that for them to now ever walk that back in any way shape or form even if it makes the game more enjoyable more playable are they are they perhaps worried that it will be seen as well it's not as good as the last one? There's a video on YouTube of all of the stuff they did walk back in GTA 5, like little re- realistic details with the ragdolls and stuff like that. So I think eventually you do have to for technical and time reasons, but I do I do think Laura hits upon a point because I felt this while playing it. They're trying to live up to an ideal. And they're almost worried that anything that might break a sense of immersion is going to be panned. And I'm like, Mm. you don't have... Like, I stopped to... Like, I've got to point out first and foremost, I love Red Dead Redemption (laughs) 2. I love it because I focused on the missions and the stuff that's a game instead of an overly fiddly cowboy simulator. Um, And there's tons of it. Like, you can ignore almost all the open world, just focus on the missions, and you've still got you know, a Rockstar work week of content. And that's great. The missions are fantastic. The story's really good. The characters are incredible. The Vandalin gang that you're part of has like 20-odd members. And I cared about almost all of them. I have a question about that. Yeah. This being a prequel and having played the other game, um... Is there a sense during the two that just there aren't very many stakes with the story because you know how it's all going to end? No. Okay. I, I, I didn't feel that. I didn't feel that so much just because, again, even though the overall plot is somewhat by the numbers, you know, it's a criminal capers going to shit, which was very similar to GTA Five. It seems to be part of Rockstar's whole growth that this maturity they want to sort of grow into where they're trying to have a crime doesn't pay message alongside everything um so just like there was a lot of comedy of errors in gta 5 it's similar to this but with less comedy um that's another thing i love about this it's so and this is somewhat true of uh the other uh, red dead redemption the original um 
it's so much more sincere and so much less cynical. Than GTA, is it? Than GTA, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, the satire is pretty much all out the window. Um, and, and it's just very genuine. And I love that. Yeah. And I think they could, I would love to see Rockstar focus more on that because their satire is shit. Their satire is so on the nose and almost cringeworthily blatant. Like I was replaying some GTA 5 last night and I got to the Border Patrol characters who are all, people are coming across the border to make better lives for themselves and feed their family and take low-paying jobs that other Americans don't want to do and that's unacceptable. And I'm like, okay, that is a sledgehammer approach to satire. Um, That's not even satire at that point. I mean, it's not all that far removed from the real. I mean, how the thing is, and I, 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 that's funny you mentioned this because there was actually I saw today there was an interview with Dan Hauser yesterday. Yeah, we mentioned we mentioned this just before you came on the air. Yeah, he's glad he doesn't have to release a Grand Theft Auto this year because how the fuck do you make satire out of now? Well, <laughs> you try hard. Well, you mm. you try hard to write it well <laughs> instead of doing what they've used to do. And you don't do the whole both sides mealy mouth rubbish that was coming out of his mouth. Yeah, that's part of what you skimmed over there, Gav, was his his I, we can't do satire anymore because the right and the left are equally oh, right. bad now and you can't satire either side. It's like mm, uh, yeah, yeah. I think one side's maybe worse than the other right now, but... Besides which, correct me if I'm wrong, um, again, just replaying GTA Five that I've been replaying, they tend to focus more on, like, uh, making fun of conservatism. Yeah. So what they're telling me is they're just scared of the Trumpites now. They're scared that, like... Here's the thing. The person who is currently in control of America might legitimately see their game satirise him and go, nope, your game's illegal now. Fake games. Fake games. Well, that was a funny one because I, um, and again, I'm not trying to, um, this is a completely opinion-free statement, but I felt, uh, uh, let me rephrase that. This is a politically (laughs) opinion-free statement, but... To me, right? <laughs> GTA yep. 4. Sorry, I'm just watching you dance across GTA, the minefield. GTA 4 and San Andreas and those ones for me felt like the radio stations and stuff felt much more like they were um, taking the piss out of conservatism because Bush was in power at the time and stuff and it was that kind of an era. But G- when GTA 5 came out, it was based in LA, which... Um, I don't know, maybe has a different vibe. And it felt to me more like GTA V was also having a go at uh, more of the left wing there as well, more so than the previous games. Maybe so. I mean, all I see is what we saw with South Park when um, Trump got elected and they suddenly were like, oh, well, we're not going to satirise that anymore because it's beyond satire. I'm like, it's almost like things got a bit difficult and they bailed. And suddenly they weren't the incisive political satirists that they presented themselves as. They believed the get woke, go broke mantra. It, it, it's the thing that happened with South Park, definitely, which is this whole thing of, ha ha ha, it's all a funny joke, oh shit, it got too real, fuck. Um, abort, abort, abort. Abort, 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 can we back out now? And I, you know what? I, I, I would have liked it if Hauser had said, had said that. I think that would have worked better. And here's the other thing. It doesn't have to be this sudden current climate political satire. You can do a GTA. Mm. You can do a GTA nowadays. Um, because, as I said, their satire is discardable. And there's a lot 
of other comedy in those games that does work because it is a bit more timeless and a bit less mm. look at us we're trying to jump and say so we're trying to make a statement that doesn't actually say anything that's a lot of their satire um it's just haha that's funny for some reason we'll just repeat it i've always found the ads in gta to be very funny some of those are good their satire of consumer culture is brilliant yes that's it they can satirize like broad cultural things um well enough so i i just think that statement was a bit it was an attempt of, at a bailout uh rather than them just i i didn't get why he had to uh, say it the way he said it uh, but we're coming off the point we'll get on to the game now and someone in the comments is just finishing typing <laughs> 13 time mark left-wing propaganda ends yeah <laughs> Um, they're very welcome to do so. Whatever, mate. I'm sorry that we have a, an opinion on things. I'm very sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that we're human beings who have opinions. Yeah. And not empty shells who just spout video games. And our opinions are ju- equally as bad, just as bad as, say, an administration trying trying to erase the existence of trans people. Our opinions are just as bad as that. For fuck's sake. But anyway, back to Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, Right, where was your point, Gavin? You asked um, if I felt the stakes weren't real enough. Um, Now, as I said, the overall plot, maybe. um, But then it's a very standard um, progression, especially for Rockstar. However... The individual characters within the Vandalin gang are so compelling, and I'm rooting for so many of them. Yeah. That that's where the stakes are. How's John in the game? Is he a, a good character in it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't want to go too far into that because uh, Rockstar is Rockstar, and they're very protective and overboard with... Uh, basically, I think sometimes they're overprotective just to make a show of how important they think their games are. Um, but I, I don't want to spoil too much story anyway. But John is... He's not a massive, massive, massive part of the story for, for the most part. He's, he's in the gang. Um, several plots revolve around him, um, but you definitely see a different Marsden. You see maybe what he was trying to run away from. Maybe, maybe, yeah. Um, you know, he's, he's part of the younger generation, and this game is very much about how the outlaw lifestyle is on the point of... About how there ain't no more cowboys, only men with violent hearts. Hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. a good line. Who wrote that? <laughs> Who wrote that line in a song about Red Dead Redemption? I'm trying to think. Hmm. It's very Gavin-esque. That came out this that came out this week. Hmm. Yep. Um this is Miracle of Sound the Game. Um funnily enough, when I play every time I play GTA five or think about it, your hard hard, hard cash. cash song comes into my brain. Yeah. Hard cash the it's the tune we use on the for the pod position theme. Or we used to. That song was literally meant to sound like GTA Five. So. It does, yeah, and uh, it, it's to the point where my brain is often surprised that it isn't the theme tune to GTA Five. It was meant to sound like if I'm writing Michael DeSanto's favorite song, what would it sound like? <laughs> yes. Uh, so yeah, Red Dead Redemption Two. I loved all the story missions and all that. The hunting, I realise people love that stuff. I can't fucking stand it. It's so fiddly. Big question about that. Do you still have to watch a five-second yes. animation yes. every time he skins an yes. animal? Yes, oh, immersion. Rasta, immersion. Why? You have to. Why? And you've got to. You got to locate the animals first. You know, track them. 
Uh, make sure that you're downwind so they don't smell you or use a smell repellent, whatever. Oh, you got to find the animals. <laughs> what the fuck? Then you've got to find good quality animals because the animals range in quality. And then you've got to hit them cleanly so you don't reduce the quality of their skins. Then skin them. Then call your horse. Wait for it to come to you in real time, of course. Then laboriously pick up the skin, put that on the back of the horse if you want the animal carcass, laboriously pick that up, bring it back to the horse, um, then ride off with it and obviously hope that you don't get ambushed by an emergent thing. Um, or that, you know, an NPC won't just traipse through and scare off the deer, which happened to me once. Um, I couldn't stand it. Uh, so, not just that, but quite a few of the open world things, the crafting and the camping, a lot of the cowboy simulator stuff... I ended up ignoring because I hated my time with this game when I was playing them. Um, I realise that won't be for everyone, but I found myself falling in love with this game several days after I got it, and I decided, you know what? Fuck this noise. I'm just going to play the story stuff and the side missions. Just anything mission-based. Anything gameplay-based. Exactly what you should have done with Assassin's Creed Odyssey, in other words, instead of playing all the shitty bounties. <laughs> I did. The thing is, is you've got to play those side missions, though, to the point where I don't think they should have been called side missions. Yeah, that's fair. They should have been. Well, because a lot of them are part of the story, so, yeah. They should have just been called story missions. Just make them story missions. Yeah. Um, but, you know, my problems with Odyssey run a lot deeper than that. But here's the thing. Fucking amazing. At least in Assassin's Creed Odyssey, you kill an animal, you walk over the animal, you get it shit. Yeah. I forgot to mention that in the video. I was going to mention that in the video that, you know, I'm, I'm not one to favorably compare AC to anything, but they have got down how to do a convenient, fast paced, like, like consistently paced rather, open world game. They've got that formula down. I mean, they've released enough fucking games in the genre to get it down by now. Whereas Rockstar is still, I get what they want to do. They want to make it fully as fully immersive as possible um, without compromising it. But I think that level of detail gets in the way of player convenience. Um, I don't need to watch an animation every time I'm looting a body. I don't need to watch it when I'm skinning an animal. I don't need a horse to trot off because it's more realistic that you tell your horse to unless you hit your horse it'll wander off and then you've got a whistle for it and it'll have to manually make its way to you even if that means going round things and i'd go a step further than i don't need to watch an animation every time i lose a body and and that it actively pisses me off when i have to watch an animation it gets tiresome yeah it gets tiresome um but you know I, I realise I've complained a lot. Um, you don't have to hold the button, do you? Um, like, do you remember in in Assassin's Creed 2 when you wanted to open a chest, you had to hold down the button? It's one of those games where you don't have to hold it for the duration of certain things, but okay. you, you don't just press a button to do a lot of things. You've got to hold it for a couple seconds, uh, you know. Well, maybe like a second or two, um, which I always find cumbersome. Um, I'm just like, press a button. Although, with the amount of stuff that's littered about, I can see why you've got to hold it for some things and not others, because otherwise the game would get too confused. It gets confused enough as it is. Woe betide you want to loot a body that's next to a campfire, and you end up camping and getting up and camping and getting up, until I'm like, fuck it, I'll hold a button to pick up the body, watch the animation to pick up the body, walk along, 
plop it down and then loot it and watch that animation. Um, but I, I can't understate how impressive the game is for all of these complaints. I'm basically just venting here um, because I do really love the game and po- the podcast just allows me to be more nitpicky than a video. Um, Plus maybe you're, maybe you're secretly anticipating um, how much anger these nitpicks are going to cause tomorrow. So you're maybe explaining them in a little more detail here. <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe. Um, plus, here's the thing with that, though. The amount of fucking harassment and bullshit I get for a lot more than video game related stuff and some of the game stuff that's just fucking nasty now. I'm almost nostalgic when people are pissed off about a game review. <laughs> just any opinion just about a game. I'm like, I can I can deal with that. I'm very familiar with that. That's almost like coming home, even if it ends up with me on the toilet saying, Jesus Christ. Um, but yeah, uh, to the stuff that's good, Red Dead Redemption 2 is fucking impressive on a technical level, um, which it better fucking be for 60-plus-hour work weeks in quality assurance. It fucking better. Um, don't worry. I've, I've layered enough of that shade into my video review. Uh, Rockstar won't ever want to send me a copy of anything again. Um, where, where was I? Right, yes. The visuals are amazing. The horse bulls, uh, you, you don't even notice them. They only did that for attention. But stuff you do notice is like after it's been raining and you see rain droplets falling off the sides of buildings, off of like, you know, um, like, like uh, why have I forgotten the name of the th- porch? Porch! On the sides of like porch roofs. And they just drip down. Um the weather effects are amazing. I'm always a sucker for rain effects, but not just rain effects, uh, snow effects, wind. Some Sometimes it will just be a bit windy and you'll see leaves blow about the place. Um, I've never seen a game nail humidity the way this game does. When you end up down in the bayou and you're in like the swampy areas, the mist effects and, and the steam makes it look muggy and grotesque, like just uncomfortable to be in. See that's a, that sounds like my kind of thing. Oh that yeah, that sounds like the kind of stuff that I love in games. Just that detail and atmosphere and. Oh, Gav, great bit of news that came out today about this game that you're gonna love. Yeah. Uh, apparently, on launch day, there's gonna be um one of those like phone apps that you can move all of your HUD elements to, so that there are no HUD elements on the screen at all. Wait, what? <laughs> Why not just have the HUD fade away when I'm fucking walking around? Well, that maybe that's an option as well. I don't oh know. Maybe God. Jim can conf- Jim can maybe confirm that. But I know that there is there is a way to take all the HUD elements off if you want. Oh, I didn't. You you know me. I want my HUD. I can't remember what game it was last year, uh, but it was an open world game, and there was no fucking HUD, and all you had to do to make the HUD appear was tap. You know the the pressure pad on the PS4 controller. Yeah. You just tap the pressure pad, and there's your HUD. Or if you get into combat or whatever, your HUD comes up. I just wish more games would do that. It was me thinking you'd be... I I assumed you'd be excited. I was like, there is... I don't want to put my... I don't want to look at my fucking phone when I'm playing a game. What the fuck? (laughs) No. That is is fair, but like... For you, for doing music videos, you can technically get rid of the HUD. You are, you are, you are correct there. That will make me happy, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Another great detail that I love is the antagonize button. Like, the dialogue is really contextual. 
Um, so you can lock onto any NPC in the world, and you can either greet or antagonize them. And, you know, like, hey, mister! And then you rank your honor up just by wandering around saying hello to everyone. Or you can antagonize them. And the level of detail, the, the number of voice lines they must have recorded for this, to the point where I hope one day Rockstar actually pays royalties to its fucking voice actors. Um, but I don't, it's one of those the dev team thought of everything situations. Um, he's got contextual responses for all sorts of situations. That was the same in GTA Five. Like, there's there's videos out there of like, 25 minute videos of all the different insults you can say to people as trevor while you're walking down the street yeah and here like like in a lot of rockstar games if an npc insults you your only real recourse is to hit them like yeah, kill yeah, them yeah. <laughs> whereas here you can have back and forth arguments with them wow they'll say yell something and you can make arthur yell something back that relates to what they said and they might yell something back again and you could yell something back again or you can diffuse the situation or you can shoot them in the face or you can of course just shoot them in the face or rob them nice oh nice oh you see that now sounds like i would love that there, you don't know how many times in a game i've wanted to punish a character who's being a shit just by doing something that isn't being violent towards them yep and red dead <laughs> redemption 2 <laughs> yeah allows <laughs> allows you several options to deal That's with it brilliant. from trying to cool the situation down to escalating it to robbery um the stores you can go in to buy stuff sometimes you can discover a thing that's out of place there that'll give you an excuse to rob the store for something it's hiding um those are incredible will the npc remember if you beat the shit out of them yes there have been times where, you know, I've robbed a store uh, for some reason or another or I've gotten into some altercation involving them. You'll wander back in later and they're like, I don't want any trouble like last time, stuff like that. Um, what else is there? Like, this is the thing. Like, when you try and think of all the little details, there's like there's stuff I'm going to leave out. What was the guy's name in Skyrim that they just knew everyone would beat him up so they gave him the line? Oh, it's Nazim. Do you remember him in Whiterun? He was the guy who used to taunt you that you looked poor and could never make it oh, up right. to the other other area. And they just knew every player was going to beat this guy <laughs> up. So if you do, he gets a, another line which says, come back to gloat, have you? <laughs> I love shit like that. Yeah. So it's like, it's that writ large. Yeah. Um, sometimes like with this emergent stuff, you know, like similar to the, uh, the last Red Dead, you can go out in the map and they'll be like, highlighted a little white dot on the map where there'll be some emergent guy in trouble, you know, um, a woman being harassed, a man with stuck in a bear trap and you can help them out. Um, and some of those have later repercussions. Like I helped a guy who was bit by a snake, um, sort of gave him medicine to help him out. Ages later, I came to a town and he was outside the general store and was like, whatever you want in there for helping me, put it on my tab. I got myself a free item. Actually, I, I got the most expensive costume I could get. Uh, and it was just put on that guy's tab. I have to give, again, I know you're like so tired of this, but I have to give Odyssey a shout out for that as well. There was a mission I did early on in the game involving a little girl and who had no friends. And um, I went back to that island like 40 hours later. And that girl's life had changed in ways depending on how that quest had worked out and i thought that was so fucking cool and it you don't you it's something you might never ever see i just happened to go back past that spot and it, her situation was different because of something i did 40 hours previous i thought that was amazing 
That's nice. Yeah. Sorry, on you go. Sorry, I keep interrupting <laughs> today. I'm very annoyed. I oh, know it's fine. It's fine. Um, I realize I'm dedicating so much time to re- talking about this, but again, it's, it's, it's like the big game. It's of the, the big game. game you know? Yeah, that's going to be a theme over the next few weeks, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. think next week me and Gab will have many yeah. thoughts, probably. Yeah. So yeah, I, I could sit here listing everything, um, but yeah, some of these details are great when you're in the mood for them. Terrible when you're not. The ambushes are cool if I'm in the mood for an ambush. How do they work? You could just be wandering around the map and then, like, one I was, um, I was traveling and then a, a wagon rolled in and just exploded. Oh, wow. And then I was surrounded by, um, like, bad guys. Uh, and it was cool, but I wasn't in the mood for it. Um, you know, similarly, I wasn't in the mood for a barroom brawl to break out at one point when I just wanted to go into the saloon and rent a room and sleep. Um, again, cool that it happened. It was the wrong time for me. Here's a question. Uh, I noticed there's a rival gang and they have Irish names. And as much as I loved the first game, the fucking Irish character in that game was horrendous do they have similar irish characters in this game that are just fucking lecherous drunk pigs basically (laughs) not being not being um fully irish um i've got some irish but but i i have no real connection to the culture there i can't speak to whether or not anything in there will piss you off um the the rival gang are not I mean, they've got Irish names and that, but they're a they're a Wild West gang. It's just okay. a lot of a lot of those uh, sort of families back then still had strong Irish connections. I don't know if anyone remembers this character from the first. He was basically like, "Oh, demon drink has got me, Jesus, be God, fucking some Darby O'Gill shit." Like, I'll say this: one of my favorite characters in the game is Irish. Okay, um, and he's not drinky drinky. He's very. I guess closer in temperament to the Irish character in Braveheart. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Well, that's very fine. more sort of <laughs> reckless and fun-loving, and gets into a lot of trouble, but not drunkard. But you know, typical shit. That's a bit more realistic. Yeah. And <laughs> um, there are a couple of Irish characters. I mean, the game really sort of you know, takes into account that time of immigration and everything. Mm. Um, people coming to the, you know, the, the promised land, etc. So you hear a lot of um, Irish accents, French accents, German, Austrian accents. Um, one area of one of the major townsteads is um, sort of predominantly Asian. Yeah, I guess so. So does it maybe feel like they're being less lazy with the stereotypes? I think so. Again, uh, the writing here is really well done like there's so much character progression um that again like any member of the the vandalin gang i almost all of them i rooted for the only ones i didn't were ones i think i'm explicitly not supposed to root for yeah so the writing was effective either way um to the point where you know if anything happens to them that that's you know unfortunate if if any of them fall into misfortune i genuinely felt bad for them which many of them will and do <laughs> yeah, <I'm> yeah sure <laughs> you know even though i'm not fully sympathetic to the cause of people who want to go back to their old way of life of robbing and killing i was still very sympathetic to the characters as individuals also i love how the most legal thing the gang does is also the cr- like explicitly the cruelest thing 
to the point where it can become complicated if you want it to be. Um, money lending. Like, it's the only legal thing the gang's involved with, and it's very clearly, deliberately the worst thing it does. Mm. The only thing they do within the law, which I think makes a good point. And that, Rockstar, that's an example of good satire. Good satire. And it doesn't even have to be funny ha-ha satire, because it fucking ain't in this game. Um, there's a lot of tragedy in this game, and it's all done really well. And it speaks to just how good these writers are and can be and could be if they didn't think that, you know, their more explicit satire just had to be on-the-nose shite. Um, because this this game is sincerely written and heartfelt and genuine. And I think people, even though I've obviously got my complaints about it, um, people who aren't me are going to love it. I love, you know, I love it, um, and I absolutely adored every mission and the gameplay, like the gunplay, the combat, and that is fantastic. Um, not enough. Do that uh, when you aim; it snaps to an enemy, and then you can sort of adjust it to try and get like a headshot and stuff. Uh, I find that very satisfying to do. Just snapping to them and then adjusting and firing. I love that. I presume it has the option to turn that off for those who want it as well. Um, this is one of those things I need to go double check because if I find a game works how I want it to work, I don't fuck with the settings. As far as I recall, the last two GTAs and Red Dead Redemption 1 had that option where you could have the snap to aim or you could... Uh turn it off i'm sure they have that yeah. but then i never find the the real-time aiming in any rockstar game to be particularly great yeah. um because some of their combat sort of dated and even though this is like a almost a wallpaper over the cracks the snap to aiming it's it's still a system i really like yeah have they changed the um What's it called? Deadeye system, is this? Or the, the you know, the slow-mo kind of bullet time? The slow motion tag, you know, enemies. Have they changed that in any way or is it the same? It's been a while since I played the first one, so I'm trying to remember. Um, you hi you highlight them in slow-mo and then you let go and, and he shoots them all. Kind of like Vats, but... Yeah, yeah. It, it's pretty much the same from what I remember. Slow motion, scroll around, tag enemies let go bang 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 nice. bob's your uncle and the duels are they properly explained this time because i remember in the last one they did that rockstar thing where a little black text box comes up as a tutorial while you're trying to do it it's similar um i, I had a duel in in red dead redemption 2 early on in the game and they never really got a a spot to do it again it was one of those emergent things um and I fucked it up because I was reading the little black box. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah, there's still a lot of blink and you miss it tutorials in this game. There are a few things uh, that I missed mm -hmm. and had to re research. They've they've never been good with tutorials, Rockstar. Yeah, um, but you know, once you know what you're doing, once I had, once I reacclimated myself to the Rockstar style, because mm. there are still some things they want to just do because they're Rockstar. So fast travel is less convenient than in other games. And, you know, getting around is a lot more done in real time and focused on that. The combat is always a little bit, a little bit awkward. Um, because the characters are animated so laboriously, you've got to kind of readjust characters a bit to pick up items and stuff because they'll shuffle around. But once you acclimate to it and then you full, you get used to everything and you're like, okay, yeah, this is, this is full of brilliance. This game is full of brilliance. Um, 
some brilliance that I'm not always in the mood for, sometimes too brilliant for its own fucking good. But <laughs> for the most part, I mean, this is coming from someone who ignored large amounts of the game, um, suffering nothing for it. You can safely ignore tons of it. Um, so it's only going to be better for people who do really like the hunting and stuff. What is the hunting? But do you need the hunting to upgrade outfits and things? Or Yeah. Yeah, there are upgrades that are tied to it, and I found that a bit of a shame. But yeah. there are other stuff, you know, you can buy, like, gun improvements and, you know, direct combat stuff. Um, legendary animals that are around the world are much more fun to hunt because you've got a direct sort of looking for clues to track them and the quality system doesn't factor into it so you can just pump them full of shotgun uh, shells. That I don't mind. And then you can take that and get that made into something. Um, but for the most part, you don't need any of it. Um, and this isn't like a microtransaction thing, uh, where it's like, oh, it's just optional. It's like, no, no, this game is fantastic without that stuff. That stuff will just make it better if you want to invest all that time. For me, I did not think the rewards on offer were worth wasting that much time um, to go hunting. Uh, but again, people who do like it will fall in love with it even more. Um, but that's for them. That's for people who want that more immersive simulator experience. I just wanted to play a, a game. I just wanted to play a, a, a more simple Rockstar experience. And that it's there, preserved. Sometimes it's not even like that black and white. Sometimes you just, you might have a day where you're in the mood for that kind of stuff. Maybe, like, yeah. Yeah, I'll do that today. I'll just want to wander around. But then maybe not most of the time. Yeah, like I found, I found the legendary animal hunting decent enough mm. um for the reasons i provided it's just looking for perfect animal hides and trying to keep them perfect because there are other tiers like poor and good so i'm like what's the point no one wants to do anything with those you need the perfect hides to get anything good um so i don't even know why they put the system in to begin with other than again this, this grab for realism um which i don't think is fully necessary but anyway Overall, like I say, I've got my own personal complaints with Red Dead Redemption 2. But the takeaway is is that it is a great, it is a genuinely great game. Um, and, you know, I, I, I could have waited another year for it if it meant less overtime for, for the mm. workers, because I'm not going to let that go. Um, but, you know... Tons of people are going to play the game. Tons of people are going to love the game. And that's that's it. Yeah, that's about 40-odd minutes. Um, not all of it dedicated to Red Dead, but... Yeah, 30, 30. Yeah, I would say about 30. We had, we, we had our, our leftist um, propaganda yeah, yeah. for 10 minutes. Yes, we had our propaganda. Um, so, yeah, yeah. I, th I think I've explained fully enough what, what, what I didn't like about it and what I did there. The video is like 14 minutes long, so you can see why I've taken the time here to more outline everything because i'm not going to do a half hour video review no one wants that i ain't watching this i'm sorry jim i'm not re reading any reviews or watching any reviews of this until i've played it by myself yeah that's fair enough that's fair um, enough i i just want to quickly walk back a statement i made a couple of weeks ago and that was that odyssey's better with the xp boost i was so wrong about that um unfortunately and i think possibly cynically 
the first four or five hours of the game feel paced in a way that it does feel like an improvement. But I spent the last like 30 hours of that game at the level cap and realized I'd fucked up because I was leveling up so fast and uh, was playing so many missions over leveled. I think you walked this back last week. Did I? I, th- I think you, you did update it. I think you've I think you've expressed this opinion. Yeah, you've mentioned that you will you realize you you maybe hadn't reached the level cap yet, but you were mentioning you felt you were maybe leveling faster than you should be. Yeah. So I was wrong. <laughs> this only makes me hate it more that they make the beginning make it look worth it, and then it fucks you over later as they alter the deal. I'm less impressed with that. Well, I don't know if they did that deliberately, but I, I certainly I was wrong to suggest that the game's better. Don't get the XP boost if you're getting this game because it. I wouldn't say it ruins the pacing of the leveling up, but you will spend lots of the game at the level cap. <laughs> I've I've been continuing to play it without the XP boost, and it still feels fine by me. I'm not mm. feeling any dramatic need to be like, oh, I need faster XP. How far in are you? Um, I feel like I'm probably about two thirds of the way through the story stuff. Like that's that's the general impression I've got. I'm cool. I'm still enjoying it. I'm plugging away with it. It's one of those. I'm jumping in and out as and when I I fancy. There there are other things I've been wanting to to get to try. So I've been doing a lot of like dipping my toes into different things at the moment. I still maintain I found it fucking dreary. There's one thing that I um, saw someone say, which I wonder is a fair, is this a fair criticism? That a lot of reviewers had a problem with the length of the game because they're under pressure to finish things fast. And the thing is, I think because it's an Assassin's Creed game, a lot of people kind of want to just play through the story, which I think is a totally fair thing to want from an Assassin's Creed game, but this is a different kind of game. And I can think of so many games where if you want to get through the main story, you have to do the side missions. Like Divinity 2 comes to mind, or like, you know, all those old school RPGs. You're not going to have a hope against, like, the story unless you're doing side missions. I found Odyssey, like, overwhelming with the amount of shit in it. And yet I cannot say the same for Red Dead, which is taking me far longer. It's taken me far longer to get through stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's because I was having a ton of fun and didn't feel like I was chipping away at something. I think that that is an easy criticism to make in order to try and discredit critics' opinions of the game as not legitimate. Mm-hmm. Um, we see it pop up time and time again. But like, it that that argument suggests that maybe like there aren't players who aren't reviewers who go. I want to finish this game before Red Dead comes out, which is like, and oh, uh, I'm annoyed that the pa- the pacing. Like that's something I've caught myself doing, and that's why I asked the question is because I've caught yeah. myself trying to rush through games and not enjoying them as much as I would have if I was just playing them at the pace that the game's designed. Welcome to the unsustainability of the live service model. That's what this comes down to. Yeah, I, I, my my answer to that is. I'm very willing to just walk away from a game if I know that I'm like, well, I I have other things I need to get on with. I'll put this aside and play something else. I don't. I try not to hold that against the pacing of the game. I think yeah. here's the thing: people aren't going to complain so much about a game's length if they're having like consistent fun all the way through. Mm. And some of these games are designed now 
because of this whole live service thing, they're designed more to be like jobs than games. They want you to log in every single day. Um, that runs counter to the fact they also want to release an annualized sequel. They want you to commit your life to this game, but they also want you to discard it as soon as the next one comes out. That's a paradox in and of itself. But then when you consider the fact that a ton of other publishers want you to dedicate your days to their game, and they're trying to pull you in all these different directions, I think, yeah, people are going to feel overwhelmed by the length of certain games. Mm. Um, and the games that are going to succeed in this, in terms of being really long, are your rock stars who release a game once every five years or so, and they appeal to an audience that doesn't necessarily play a ton of games. And they're like, okay, I've got my football game, I've got my Call of Duty or whatever, and I've got the next Rockstar game that's coming out, and that's going to be my like all of my time until I'm done with it. Mm. That's why Rockstar succeeds at these sorts of lengthy games, because they're not pumping them out year after year, and they're not trying to force you to log in for bonuses and shit. I mean, obviously discounting GTA Online and all that fucking shite. Did you see that the... The special editions for Red Dead Redemption 2 on the PS Store come with like a million dollars for GTA Online. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, another reason why GTA Online probably succeeded as well as it did. Because it lasted for so many years and they didn't have another GTA Online coming out the year after. What's well, the reason GTA 5 is the biggest entertainment product of all of time? All time. Of all yeah. time. Yeah, it's the most successful entertainment venture ever. Yeah, and yet Strauss Zelnick at Take Two says they're still not making enough money off it. Oh, we're undercharging, he says. Fuck off, Strauss, you prick. Um, but yeah, I think that's one of the major differences here, and it's why I don't think you'll see so many like op-eds and stuff complaining about game length following Red Dead Redemption 2, whereas you did see that with Assassin's Creed, because we had Origins last year and Odyssey this year, and both of them demanding so much time, in between other Ubisoft games demanding so much time, whereas Red Dead Redemption 2 has earned the right to ask for so much time because they took so much time to bring it out. Well, I also feel like Odyssey would be a stronger game if they just removed all the bounties and stuff, because... It's easy to fall into a trap of thinking, oh, this is the game. Yeah. When there's so much other side stuff in the game that's really, really cool. It's the live service thing. Confuse them into staying. You know, and I think they, if if they just removed all that guff out of the game, it would not hurt the game in any way. In fact, I think it would make it a more better focused uh, experience. Because people would be finding the really cool stuff then instead of thinking that this game's just fetch quests, you know. But this has been Ubisoft's business model for years, not just in terms of game design, but in the way they sell the games. You know, I talk often about half a dozen special editions, needing spreadsheets to find out which content's in what package. Um, and that translates into the games as well. And it's almost like a confusopoly where they want you to feel overwhelmed and saturated. Um and the longer you're immersed trying to work all this shit out, the more you're in that ecosystem, the more likely you are to throw extra money at them. Um, I don't know how it's lasted this long. I don't think it can last forever because they are utterly drenching their market right now. Well, I think they're taking a year off the series now, and I think that's a good idea. Probably. I mean, if they do do that, it's probably a good idea. Yeah. Um, God, I hope that doesn't mean we've got another movie coming out. Even me, as much as I loved the last two games, and I'd almost say Odyssey is now 
it's almost tied with two as my favorite in the series but with, it's weird to say because they're such completely utterly different games that it's hard to even compare them you know but uh i do hope they take a year off because even i now next year don't feel like putting another hundred hours into assassin's creed again you know i think the same would be said if like for grand theft auto if we had one every year i think we'd be then saying games take too long like we'd get those off heads like we got following um odyssey where mm. it's like our game's too long um and i don't think we'll see those op heads in response to red red dead redemption 2 because we're not exhausted by it mm. and the special editions are bullshit man i don't i don't i don't buy those they always the only are. special edition stuff is stuff i get then i used to like a good collector's edition before there was half a dozen of them speaking of being sent stuff there's actually another thing i have to address here i was sent a uh, a little gift pack by cd project this week and i put up a tweet unfortunately like an hour before that whole thing went down with their twitter account and i uh. i don't look at twitter very much so i didn't really log back in and see all this until the next morning so my tweet was up all day and some oh. people were upset about that and look i didn't see it till the next day i obviously don't approve of what that person was saying on their twitter i hope that is not something people think i'm yeah uh, approving of no it's it's an unfortunate situation and one that like i don't think you should be held like responsible for what someone else did with their twitter but yeah can there's a continued like it, it might be worth addressing that i had that on the news thing for this week um mm. lo- long story short uh gog.com and cd project red both run by the same company and it seems that they probably share a social media person because repeatedly we're getting jokes made by their Twitter that are just in really poor taste on very similar themes. Uh, we had the uh, the uh, cyberpunk t- uh, Twitter that did the, oh, did you just assume my gender stuff a couple of months back. We had the, uh, I believe it was GOG that had the pissing on games journalism's grave thing with a Gamergate date on it. And then this week we had one where they basically tried to jump onto a hashtag that was about, like, basically the Trump administration is reportedly considering trying to erase the legal definition of trans people so that trans people, regardless of what steps they make in their transition, will forever be considered their birth-assigned sex. Yeah. And, And, by the way, like, policy based on genetics, historically... That's very worrying. Yeah, no, if you try and, like, legislate away the rights of a group based on genetics, that's a problem. That's not a good thing to do. Um, but yeah, so there's there's this hashtag going around, we will, uh, um, we, we will not be erased, um, or won't be erased, I think it was, um, mm. which is basically about trans people being like, you know, legislating us out of existence won't stop us existing. And... GOG decided to use that to try and sell games and to be wink wink nudge nudge aren't we doing good social media yeah how's that for a use of a hashtag I believe they said which just yeah very dismissive of a genuine human rights violation that we could be having on our hands like at, at the best most generous reading I can give for this guy is he's just incredibly tactless well here's here's the thing I would maybe give them that benefit of the doubt if this wasn't the third time this year yeah. that they had made fairly major missteps with their PR. And every time they apologise and say it won't happen again, then it repeats. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Like, we get the same hangdog apology every time. And it's like, at, at some point, this apology rings very hollow because nothing's changed. Because yeah, it's okay it's okay to fuck up, but you got to learn from it. Yeah, like, to to be clear about, like, how serious this thing that they, that they this hashtag is, is, like, if the thing that's being proposed goes ahead, you could see in America every single trans person who has had their, say, their passport updated to reflect the gender they're living as, have their passports all revoked and their passports reissued with their birth gender on them. Like, that's the sort of level of shit we're talking about right now. And it's like, yeah, I'll sell video games. Yeah, I'm like, I'm terrified for my friends on this one. Terrified for my friends. And to see that with that churlish, how's that for a hashtag attitude, it's, it is appalling, to be honest with you. Um... Like I said at the time, like, for Christ's sake, sort it out. Sort it out, Gog. Because I do think, like, I disagree with their their response where they say, well, we should stick away from political things and just focus on games. Because politically, and this is related to politics, DRM policies and piracy stuff. Yeah. Um, it's all political. And they've been very good on that. So I don't even think they need to shy away. They just need to not be, like, not wade in with a fucking... Don't- don't don't wade in really don't flippantly like attach yourself to a piece of politics that's unrelated to games and go hey hey look that that difficult political issue yeah video games please marketing 101 will tell you don't fucking jump on the back of a civil rights issue to sell a product it's a very bad look for anybody well, it's 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 it basically looks like that whole Caitlin uh, um Kylie Jenner, Pepsi, like give it yes. to the police officer, uh, the police officer, and now we won't beat anyone up. Thing. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Pe- Pepsi stops hate crimes. But that's just that's being <laughs> terrible at your job. Like regardless of what people want to assign motives to or anything like that, um, you know. Like personally, I think it's someone clearly trying to be like a wannabe edgy person. Um, but regardless of motives, it's being bad at your job. Your job is to get your company good marketing, not this, not not constantly cause hangdog apologies. Mm. And I've so I've seen an argument that like there's a big cultural difference in Poland, and I would respond with, we all have international audiences, and yeah. it's one thing. I it, it was one thing that was hard for me to learn as well. Oh, same here. Yeah, I can't talk on Twitter the way I talk to my friends in Ireland because some of the stuff we say would be considered very hurtful or offensive to other people without you know and when you've an international audience i think it is worth um trying to learn how to you know not upset everyone (laughs) you know well that's it yeah then they're not a polish company they are a worldwide distributor well yeah here's the thing like if their twitter account like primarily tweeted in polish that would be one thing but they primarily tweet in english like they are clearly trying to be a worldwide focused company they're trying to have their content be consumable by people in more countries um that's it they're not a small family-run business yeah you know they're an international company the the example i always use is i'm gonna use i'm gonna use a term here that in america is considered totally fine and in the UK is considered, like, you do not use this word to refer to someone. And it is the word spastic, which in America simply, apparently simply means just, like, very energetic and, and bouncy. Whereas 
it's a slur against people with specific disabilities in the UK. and In Ireland as well, that that would be seen as a really awful thing to say to someone. Well, there's a certain British British swear word slash term of affection that out here, yeah. there's no affection. <laughs> and I used to use that word a lot, and I shy away from it now just because it's it, it costs me nothing to not say it. That's, the reason I bring this up is there was an example of, I think it was a Weird Al Yankovic song where he used that word, and... I was kind of shocked and horrified. I was like, really? You would do that? And it's a case of sometimes you have to realise, oh, this has different... This this has different connotations in different regions. Mm. You learn from that and you don't do that. And that's the thing, it's okay to fuck up in that respect. You know, it's like you don't know. How are you supposed to know? But then it's better, the better choice to just listen and learn. And, and look, I'm fucking a hypocrite. I've done this so many times where instead of learning, I'll double down and go, no, fuck off. But then... Oh, I used to do that a lot, yeah. You give it a bit of time and you think about it, you know, and you realise, okay, I was wrong. There. Yeah, like, that's... If, if you're going to say CD is CD Projekt Red, the, the, the explanation is that, that they're from Poland and they didn't realise and they're... they're what, what their social media person should have done is after the first fuck up with D- did you just assume my gender, should probably read up on, okay, what do other parts of the world think about trans people? Let's bear that in mind when doing our social media. Yeah. And, and yeah. the fact that it's the same flavour of fuck up again. Yeah. Just, it, may, it can't look anything but pointed. Mm. Anyway, should, I've got a game I played this week to maybe bring up, if that's yes, cool. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, vi- video games that, like, I've had a surprisingly good time with this week. Um, I I got sent uh, by Ubisoft a copy of Starlink, the their Toys to Life spaceship game. Oh, yeah. It's actually really kind of a fun game. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I've been playing it on the Switch... And I got sent the box that came with, like, Star Fox and the, the, the R-Wing and stuff. I have barely played this using the Toys to Life stuff. It's a really nice model of the R-Wing. I'm, I'm very happy to have it in my office. It's a very nice-looking, well-made model. It speaks to what a child I am that I thought you were going to say, I've barely played the game, I've just been running around the house going, Vroom! with the toys, which is what I'd do. I've got toy in the office and I keep just like flicking like there's a lot of like posable parts to it and I keep being like oh I'll change that around I'll change that around it's a really nice lightweight sturdy well detailed model I really like it um I put the model aside and I've just been playing the game because you can play the game completely without the models and Hmm. it's a really fun open world spaceship game um so the way I started describing it to people and I'm I actually ended up changing this a little bit. I, I started by describing it as No Man's Sky but with more to do. And I kind of wanna revise that. I wanna say it feels like No Man's Sky if there were if there was less amb- less grandness and more focus. Yeah. Instead of being like 80 quadrillion planets that are all procedurally generated. The game is seven planets. They're all pretty, pretty huge, but it's seven planets, each of which has like a very set number of like, here's your objectives on the planets. They're all designed planets. Um, We will give you story objectives that take you from planet to planet and sort of shepherd you through the, through the planets and around them and to different objectives. There's nothing to technically stop you just going wherever you want. 
Um, I've been enjoying the the spaceship combat. Uh, the Star Fox content has been really nice. It's it's very nice to like activate my special ability and all the Star Fox music starts playing and Falco and Slippy fly in to come help me. It's just been a really fun game of exploring planets, documenting things as I find them, collecting resources, shooting up space aliens, upgrading my ships. It it gives me upgrades and mods and things for the ship to upgrade it at a rate that has kept me engaged with playing. It's made exploring feel like I'm actually getting something decent out of it. Mm-hmm. I've yet to reach any progression blocks that make me feel like, oh, I am missing out by not buying more of the toys. So far, everything I have found, I have had the ability to to do with just the stuff that came in the starter kit. It's, actually, it's a really nice little game. I've been having a lot of fun. That's good. There's a couple of design choices that I'm not sure about, and I will just get those out the way. Um, so I got to the first planet in this game that the story took me to, and I kind of just wanted to 100% this planet as as best I could before leaving. There was one like encounter that was like four times my level. I was like, okay, clearly I'm not going to do this yet. But there were a few objectives that I just couldn't seem to find or couldn't seem to interact with. I had to go to the next planet in the story to be like, ah, now you can come back and do those things, which... I hate it when games do that, when they don't give you a clue that you can't do it yet. Yeah, it was it was really arbitrary that there were these icons on the map, and I felt like I should be able to interact with these places but couldn't. That's especially annoying in buggy games, because then you have to Google whether it's a bug or whether you're doing something wrong. Yeah. So... I'm going to get to that, because this game has had a couple of bugs that have been differing levels of thing, and I've had to go, is this a bug or is this a design choice? So early on in the game, for a while, the Star Fox music got stuck on, and it didn't go away until I died, and that's okay. I really like the Star Fox music, but clearly that was a noticeable bug. And as such, the next thing I'm going to say, I, in- I I found this out. I was playing this during the podcast, and I came across the thing, I wasn't sure if it was a bug or a feature. Turns out it's a feature and I'm not super keen on it. So uh, I got all the things so I could go 100% the first planet. Um, and I went to do that. I collected all the plant resources. I collect. I scanned all the animals. I did all the bases. I did all the this, that, the other. Mm-hmm. And the last thing I had to do was these these wrecks where you go and find a wreck, collect the data from it, you get some salvaged uh, treasure and you move on. And I'd done seven of them, and then I unlocked this thing to get ten more of them. And I did the last ten, quit out of the game, went back in the game, and ten of the the, the ten that I had just done were no longer done. Like, I'd a hundred... <sighs> I'd a hundred presented the planet other than this level 20 thing I couldn't kill. And I went back in, and ten of the, the, the wrecks weren't complete anymore. And it turns out this is a design choice. And I, the reasoning is... By doing those wrecks, you can get a resource that is used for upgrading your ship. And I'm glad for a, a renewable way to get that resource to power up my ship. But the problem is, if I fly down to that planet and I look at my like completion of the planet, every time I close and open the game again, that, that's going to go down by 10 and it's not going to... I wish they just hadn't put that on the list of like the things that look like here is your progress to 100%ing the planet. Yeah. 
Or like just do it once and then it registers as having completed, but you can have them respawn. I don't see why that's an issue. <laughs> well, and even then, these ten wrecks that like undo that that reset when you go back to the planet, there are slightly different types of of wrecks. So maybe just put them as their own meter and go. Here is how many of the ten renewable wrecks you have done current have currently completed on the planet. Just like put it in its own separate thing. Don't put it with. Here is your your one hundred percent completion of the planet stats. How strange. So that that annoys me as someone who wanted to just one hundred percent this planet before I moved on. But it's it's not a big enough issue that like I'm not going to enjoy this game. I'm I'm very much enjoying these planets being like a manageable enough scale that they feel pretty huge, but that I can remember where things are and they're ach- they're achievable like. Unlike No Man's Sky, I feel like I can do everything on a planet and go, yes, I have seen everything this planet has to offer before I move on. Each one feels like it's offering something new and unique. I This is giving me what I wanted out of No Man's Sky. It's fewer planets, they feel more designed, and the missions feel more like something I actually want to do. Um, and it's also just really nice to do Star Fox combat in an open world situation where you're not just going down linear corridor shooting. Yeah, it's really nice to just do really good, enjoyable space combat in a sort of open world, uh, open environment setting. So yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with with Starlink. Nice. I I did not expect to have this much fun with a Toys to Life game. So yeah, that's, that's good. Um... Other things this week, uh, I think me and Jim have both uh, been playing some of the the, the full version of uh, Dark Souls Remastered on Switch. Jim, are you there? (laughs) Have we lost him? Right, Jim has apparently just had to leave the call. Um, We got a message from him that his uh, his internet has just died for the third time this week, so just me and Gav show for the minute, and that's that's fine, because we're, we're talking about shit like Ubisoft games and Dark Souls. Don't need Jim for that. I can I can say Odyssey's good all I want now. <laughs> ah, it's fine, yeah, let's, let's just go on about like Ubisoft games we like. I like Starlink. I can be a shill all I want now. <laughs> yeah, go on. Uh, Assassin's Creed nah, and Starlink. I, Ubisoft pe- are great. People are sick of hearing me talk about Odyssey now. I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll, we'll move on. No, I'm, I'm enjoying you hear, hearing you talk about it. But, um, yeah, no, I... I really am enjoying this for an open world thing, and mm. I, I I must say, I like this whole Nintendo partnering with Ubisoft with their franchises thing, because a big criticism people have had of Nintendo for a long time is they just release the same game over and over, which, yeah, to an extent they do. Mm. It's nice to see stuff like Mario and Rabbids, stuff like this Starlink, Star Fox crossover, where it's like, hey, play a game with these characters but very different mechanics. Um, yeah, it's good to see them branching out. Yeah. Um, so Jim's not here to talk about it now, but the other thing that I've played this week is I've been playing some of that... Oh, oh, Jim's back. Hey, okay. he's back. Uh, just to fill you in, Jim. Yeah, so I finished talking about Starlink. I'm actually having a lot of fun with that. Um, and yeah, Jim's back. So Dark Souls on Switch is a thing that we've been playing this week. How are you getting on with that, Jim? First of all... Um, I managed to get onto the call a little sooner 
and was just waiting for some files to save up so I didn't lose all of my recording. Thank you, Comcast. I heard every word of you praising Ubisoft in my absence. How dare the both of you? How dare the <laughs> both of you? Heard all of it. How dare they make a game that I'm actually quite enjoying. Pieces of shit. I'm actually somewhat looking forward to trying that. Now, before we talk about Dark Souls, should we explain Should we explain to the audience what it is? Because I'm not sure, have we mentioned this game before or... What Starlink? No, uh, Dark Souls. Oh, Dark Souls, Dark Souls, yes. Yeah, we've never talked about a From Software game before. They might not even know who From Software is. They're this little indie developer, you know. <laughs> Basically, it's this happy, it's this happy little Nintendo game um, that's on the Switch now, and it's great if you're someone who just wants to have a nice, easy, good time. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's it's a, basically a game designed for casual players. Um children mostly like under fives will have a whale of a time with dark souls remastered which is the first time this game's ever released (laughs) yeah um it it has that famous catchphrase prepare not to die yeah is the switch one really the remaster though Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm. or does it just say remastered on it so um, here's the thing. There there are some features that were not in the original game that are in the remaster that are definitely in this. You've got things like the uh, six-player online and stuff like that. It, it definitely... While it might not be the full feature complete every graphical update of the remaster, it's definitely not the original game. It's definitely stepped up visually from there. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... I can sum my thoughts up on on Dark Souls rem- um, remastered on the Switch pretty pretty easily. Um, yeah. Here's the thing: it it's on the telly. It's not going to be as visually stunning and as uh, as an experience as it is on the PS4 and Xbox One. It's definitely a step back. But it's also definitely a step up from the PS3 360 versions. Like Blight Town runs without without frame rate hiccups. Yeah. Like, it runs more stable than I would have expected. Mm. Yeah. I mean, at the same time, that's sort of bare minimum that we should expect um, on the Switch, which is powerful enough. Yeah. Um, so it is a shame that it feels a bit compromised in some areas. It feels less compromised than I had worried it would be. Definitely. And it here's the thing. It was everything I wanted it to be, which is, if I play it in handheld mode... You don't get frame rate dips in the places that you, you had them in the original games, and it's a totally playable port of the game to a handheld. My only issue is I wish that A was accept and B was decline in menus, which at least at default it's the other way around, and I can't find a way to swap those around in menus. Yeah, your switch muscle memory kicks in. Yeah. And I, I have to get used to it. Um, once I do, it's fine. Um, plus I find that one has to crank the brightness all the way up. Yeah. Um, I forgot to mention that when I did a little video on it, but yeah, crank the brightness all the way up. Um, while visually on a TV, it looks, you know, as I say, a step back, um, on the little screen, it looks really nice. Um, and I think really this was designed, um, maybe predominantly for people who had already played it and just wanted the novelty. Although playing online, I'm clearly seeing a lot of people playing for the first time and it's kind of fun and cute to watch them like do some of the stuff I used to do when I played it for the first time, like attacking every bit of wall, um, (laughs) or attacking something that looks like a door, but it's 
clearly, you know, boarded up and doesn't go anywhere. Like I, I did a video um, hanging around with a player called Jeff who just spent ages bashing this door that was bricked and boarded up and doesn't go anywhere. Um, and I was just looking down at him like from, um, <laughs> not looking down as in sneering like a fucking elite hardcore player. I was just on a higher incline than him, just looking down at Jeff hitting it thinking, oh... Jeff's playing this for the first time. I'm jealous. I was very jealous of some of the people um, who are clearly experiencing it and exploring um, for the first time ever. Um, and I found the online, even though it runs well enough with some occasional lag in terms of enemies registering hits, um, it's not as populous as I was hoping. Um, for someone like me who does a lot of co-op, I found it difficult to find uh, good areas to co-op. I've not been having too much trouble with that. Maybe it's just that we're playing at different times of day, but I've been having a fine time finding people to play with. Oh, yeah, my experience has been... Uh... Like, the Moonlight Butterfly fight was where I found the most opportunities to Sunbro, which is uh, unusual. Um, I guess a lot of Melee players, uh, well, you know, they're all Smash Brothers fans. They would be Melee players. Oh, that's a lot of red marks on the sound file. Oh, God. <laughs> that, that's going to be more controversial than the leftist propaganda. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it a lot. The novelty factor's there. Um, since I've played this game so many times, I'm playing it on as close to easy mode as possible. Um, clericking it up and just turtling it up and going, taking co-op as well to fight bosses on my thing as well as co-oping to help others. Just because I'm like, I've done all this and I just want the novelty. So I am actually playing it in a Nintendo casual way, <laughs> uh, which is fine. It's fine. Anyone can play it however they want. If it's all within the realms of possibility in the gameplay, no one should feel bad for playing it however they want. Yeah. I hate people who think there's only one way to play games, especially games like Dark Souls, when they go out of their way to, even if they're obscure sometimes, if you if you know, if you look for it, there are ways to play those games in a multitude of ways. So I hate these people who are like, well, this is the only class to play, and this is the only weapon to use, and this is the only style of play. I'm like, fuck off. They put all those things in there for a reason, mate. Yeah, they may be suboptimal, but if someone finds them fun, then fuck off. Yeah, I really like Dark Souls. <laughs> Apropos of nothing, I really like it. This is exactly what I wanted Dark Souls on Switch to be, which is, if I want to replay it on a handheld, like if I'm on a long train journey or a flight, I can play some Dark Souls. I like, I like being able to play Dark Souls on my hands while I've maybe got the telly on or something if I just want to... I want, I want to do some more Dark Souls. Yeah. 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 So I, I, I've been having a good time just with Dark Souls and Starlink this week. Uh, yeah. I was taking time out of Red Dead to play more Dark Souls this week. <laughs> uh, is that a good place for us to wrap up? I think so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Laura, how could people see your stuff on the internet that you've done and will do again? My stuff on the internet? Uh, yeah. You can find me pretty much everywhere at Laura K Buzz. Laura K Buzz on Twitter, YouTube, Twitch. You can find me Monday to Friday, 9 to 5 at kotaku.co.uk. You can find me on Dice Funk, which is a 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons real play podcast. I'm on seasons 3, 4 and 5. Season 5's got Conrad Zimmerman on it. On top of that, I've got a book. If you search for things I learned from Mario's butt, you can pick up a copy, support that on Unbound. Uh, we're about halfway through our funding to be able to do like a big old print run of it. So we're about halfway there. 
if you're interested, pick up a copy. We've got a bunch of like cool people attached to it. Um, we've got uh, guest butt reviews coming from uh, Little Karibo and Masako X for anyone who enjoys their stuff. Um, I can confirm that uh, Brentel Floss is going to be reviewing Papyrus's butt from Undertale, which is exciting. Uh, there's a bunch of cool stuff. Go, go get a copy of that book. Go get a copy of my book. That's fair enough, I think. Yeah. Um, Gavin, you have a song out this week, I know. I do. Rather sort of pertaining to what we've been discussing. How can people listen to that and the things you do? You can find me on YouTube under Miracle Sound. Um, the song is Redemption Blues 2018, which is a remake of a seven-year-old song about John Marston from Red Dead Redemption. And this, I feel, really shows the difference that seven years of experience and practice can make for any creator or artist. So I, I feel like you should go and listen to the old one and then listen to the new one and see the difference. And uh, it will show you that talent is mostly practice. There you go. Um, and also you can find me on Patreon if you want to support under Miracle of Sound. And you can find me on Twitter where I will be shilling for Ubisoft because uh, that's what I do. I'm a shill. There you go. Great stuff. <laughs> Great stuff. Um, yeah, thank you for listening um, and, and all of that. Thank you very much uh, for all of your support, as always. Um, really appreciate it. And, well, we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.